Welcome to Acts, the founding and future of the church here at South Canyon Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Eric. And I'm Pastor Chris. Thank you for joining us. We got some uh, good topics tonight, so we're looking forward to engaging Acts with you. Glad you're here. Tonight we're going to be in chapter 7 of Acts, and so if you are joining us and uh, want to pull out a Bible, uh, that's what we're going to be at, chapter 7. And we've covered lots of ground already. Yeah. Um, I mean, tonight we're... We're at uh, Stephen. The church has, has grown, and there's starting to become uh, lots of conflict. It's not all all good. Yeah, it's not happening. They were they were in uh, the held in high esteem by right. people at the beginning <laughs> of Acts, and uh, we talked. I think that was just last week yeah. about how they. They, they fell out of high esteems and were convinced otherwise. And we ended with Stephen last week actually being arrested. Yep. And so uh, we're going to start today with uh, Stephen having been arrested, and he's going to give us a good long speech. Okay. Would cool. you pray for us yeah, before let's, we jump in? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to study Scripture. Holy Spirit, you're here with us. We thank you for uh, moving in us and through us and around us, inspire our hearts, open our minds as we uh, hear this text, hear Stephen's testimony, and, and look at your constant dynamic movement. Uh, may we uh, see what you're doing in our own lives as well. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. So as I said, we just finished with uh, Stephen being arrested. So to this point in the book of Acts, we've heard a little bit about the nature of the early church as that community is formed. They've been going out, they've been proclaiming the, the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ inspired by the Spirit, and uh, they've started to upset some people now. Yep. And so Stephen finds himself... Uh, arrested and, and in prison, and so we're going to start there right at verse 1 of chapter 7. Then the high priest asked him, Are these things so? And Stephen replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our ancestor Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, Leave your country and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. Now I'm going to pause there and skip over a bunch of stuff, because if you have your Bible out and you, you look, that was verse 3, and Stephen goes on and on and on, basically telling a very large portion of Israel's history. And so we start with Abraham, Abraham goes off, we hear about Jacob and Joseph and Moses, and so you're flipping through, uh, we're going to skip about 40 verses uh, yep. here, um, but if you want to read through all that, basically what's happening is uh, Stephen is, is reciting a bunch of Israel's history, and, and I'm the highlights. To, and, and the highlights, yes. This is the highlights of what makes Israel Israel. Yeah, the identity. highlights of what, yeah. yes, so we're, we're talking about the identity. Um, mindful here that Stephen is speaking to a group of people that definitely know this story. Okay. This, isn't, this isn't news to, to the leaders of, of, uh, of Israel. But uh, I'm going to start here again at uh, verse 48. 48. Um, and we end Sorry. here with, with Solomon, this part of the speech. Uh, yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made with human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? 
You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you are forever opposing the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors used to do. So that was the pivot point. Ouch, indeed. So this long history, and then what we get there in verse 51 is the end of the history, and Stephen turns to these religious leaders, you stiff-necked people. We're no longer telling history here, we've got an accusation. Right, you're just like all the people that persecuted and strove against God from the beginning. Right, So, and that's all part of the history that Stephen tells. Um, some highlights yeah. of Israel, but also uh, some low moments where... You know, they turn away from God, Yeah, which is so part of that history as well. I think it's important that they move, Stephen moves the history through the highlights, but then he ends with this highlight of the temple, which is in a sense the, the epitome of, of God's work amongst the people. Mm-hmm. Um, David wanted to build the house and couldn't, but Solomon could, and so then they have this temple, this worship structure, and... I mean, other things happened after that, but Stephen yeah. ends right there with the temple. And yeah, I, why? Why is well, that the ending climactic point of the history? I think it's because that's where, in my mind, as I look at the story, spiritually, they stopped. Mm-hmm. They've arrived. They, yeah. they got the temple. They have the institution. They have the structure. And the religious system of the time in Jerusalem yeah. is still operating within this temple, temple structure. Yeah. Temple. And I think he stops there because... While that served a purpose and was amazing and wonderful, it wasn't where God stopped. Mm-hmm. And yet they've stopped there. Yeah. And so Peter, t- or Peter, I keep saying Peter, Stephen, Stephen. Takes, Stephen takes the story of all of these people throughout their history that have tried to find God's will and worked against God in many times, resisted God and God's changes and God, God's movement in their life plunks them down right in the middle of the temple and says, you think you've arrived. You think God mm-hmm. stopped working. You think that this is it. Yeah. There's more. Mm-hmm. And we know that more the is more Jesus is Christ. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But they're unable to see it. Mm-hmm. So he says, you stiff-necked people, you persecuted the prophets just like before. You're just like them. Mm-hmm. You can't see that God wants to move us on even further. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he stopped at the temple. Yeah. And that's important. Mm-hmm. But let's go further. Right. And they're resisting that. Yeah. So. I mean, the, the, part of the problem is they're, they're stuck. And maybe that's what, you know, Stephen's yeah. pointing out. And I, I think, yeah, they've, they've arrived. That's what they right. imagine. And their role now is to, to tend to the system as it has been revealed and established. Right. And tend is even a lighter word. Defend it. <laughs> Defend it. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what they're doing. They're tending it. It's maybe become corrupt. But I, I know I've said this before. Even in in sermons, that we give the Pharisees a a, a bad rap, Mm -hmm. and yet in this sense, tending the temples, right? They think Mm -hmm. they're tending to what God wants them to attend to. Yeah, I mean, and and the whole temple system, to be fair, is revealed through the Old Testament, right? Like it, it is from God as we we understand it. So Um, we shouldn't be too hard on them for tending, but. But you said defending. I think Um, the word defending now comes into play where they're unable to see beyond the tending that now they're defending the temple system and they're unable to see mm -hmm. that there's something else going on here because they're holding on to what is Mm -hmm. with, with, well, I was going to say with their dear lives, but with everyone else's dear Dear lives. lives, Jesus threatened it to kill him. Mm -hmm. Stephen's threatening it, and now we're going to see what happens. Well, and and I I mean, I think that it's important to note, and, you know, we're trying to keep drawing this 
this reflection on the founding of the church in the book of Acts into the present. Yeah, right. It's the founding and future of the church. You know, what can we glean from, from this to move us forward as church today? Um, but this impulse to defend, to, you know, hold on to what we, we have, to protect it from outside threats, or at least what we perceive to be threats, like, that has always been a part of religion. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. continually... So I would say into to the present that at some point we feel like we've arrived. This is the the system um, as it is. This is the peak of religion. Now we need to protect it. And sometimes even when we start feeling the slip away, it's like we need to go back and grasp it again because right. we're losing it. Yeah, and this is even deeper than this is something more than just changing the carpet color or holding yeah. on to <laughs> the, the the pastor's parking places out in the. Right. This is different than changing things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or the flavor of donut holes or what some churches might call sacred cows. Sure. At least in, in church. Yeah, this is a far more church. fundamental shift. Uh, yeah, this I mean, is an identity shift. This is a purpose shift. Well, this I mean, and, and if you if we look at... Even. If we look at the temple, um, what what's, uh, Stephen is quoting, I mean, it's it's pretty directly denying the temple system right, yeah, right. and saying God does not dwell in houses made with human hands. Right. Now that rubs up against some of the Old Testament stuff that the whole system is built around, but that is also, you know, scripture that he's quoting there. Um, and so, like, but that's, that's a sure. pretty direct, you know, denial of the temple system right. um, as it was. So, yeah, not, we're not talking about changing the carpets. We're talking about tearing down the walls. Right. <laughs> right. The whole building. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not advocating for if you're doing that. <laughs> However, the question for us remains, what do we hold on to? Sure. What do we defend? Yeah. What's God leading us towards in the future? And right. And how do we listen? Yeah. So, so anyway. Well, I mean, I mean so anyway, I know, what does that mean for us right. to, today, I guess? You know, what do we hold on to and what do we need to, to let go of? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a question that we, you know, have, have maybe pondered before, but... I think it's a fundamental question, um, you know, as as we think about the changing dynamics of the church. I mean, we, we hear a lot, and a lot of time we talk about the the glory days of the church, as it as it were, back when all of our programs were, were overflowing with people and things right. like that. And uh, you know, it's easy to you know try and defend the you know those programs in the way, or to somehow go back to to that, but. I don't know. Is I mean, is is that right. well, sort of yeah. way about kind of part of the problem of you know the the, the practice of the religious leaders here? Like, is that yeah. a danger that we can fall into? Yeah, right. And what happens when they cling? I mean, Stephen ultimately loses his life. <laughs> well, with that, let's keep going. Uh, we'll take spoiler, that as the spoilers. spoilers. So, uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll reread fifty one, and then we're going to okay. read to the end of of chapter seven here. So we'll give you the rest of this story, which, as uh, our spoiler just said, is the rest of Stephen's life as well. Uh, you stiff-necked people. <laughs> Uncircumcised in heart and ears, you are forever opposing the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors used to do. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one. And now you have become his betrayers and murderers. You are the ones that received the law as ordained by angels, and yet you have not kept it. Harsh. When they heard these things... 
They became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears, and with a loud shout they all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. And Saul approved of their killing him. Ah, yes. So Stephen does die. He does not make it. Um, the Holy Spirit has led him to this. But I think... For me, there's two things that are And this happening. is our first Christian martyr, right? Right, yeah. yeah this would be yeah. the first one. So. First Christian martyr, and th that in and of itself is not, not only interesting first Christian martyr, but his words are interesting as well mm -hmm. in terms of he's imitating Christ specifically. Specifically Imitating where? Christ's forgiveness on the cross. And sure. In Luke's crucifixion story, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, yeah. he... He, he's doing that, and then even going back further, he looks up and he sees Jesus uh, sitting at the right hand of God, or standing, mm -hmm. I think. Um, in which one is it? He sees the right man standing. In Luke's gospel, Jesus says, I'll be sitting, but either way, um, that's a prophetic thing. Mm -hmm. So we're meant to see that Jesus is the new thing. Mm -hmm. That, that the prophetic words of Jesus are are what's come true here. Mm -hmm. That Stephen's responding and living into that new work. Yeah. And that Stephen's taken on the Christ-like life, I think. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And I think it's juxtaposed against this really, really uh, distinct image of Paul standing there. I mean, mm -hmm. you see this in Christian art. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the Saul mm -hmm. standing there overlooking this this body or these people or these rocks holding a bunch of coats you can find yeah. that and what I think that's intended to show is that the Pharisees and religious leaders think that they're doing God's work right and right. I think that's really important they think they're righteous yeah well I mean and that's that's in the text you have Paul standing there I think one of the interesting notes for, for me is if you look at verse uh, 58 then they dragged him out of the city and began to, to stone him and the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul um, you know there's this image and they, they're, they're rushing at him and so there's this little sense where it's more like a, a mob lynching him but that little word there and the witnesses okay. like sort of reframes what's actually happening and this kind of gets at your, okay. your point that it's, it's not that total chaos of their, I mean, they are enraged, obviously, but the witnesses' piece suggests that it's less of a, you know, uncontrolled mob, and it's actually more of a judicial thing, okay. because witnesses, if yeah. we go back to, you know, the, the some of the Old Testament law, um, specifically, uh, if you look at Deuteronomy 17, 7, yep. um, witnesses are required for the first stone to be thrown. Okay. Um, and so, in that sense, they're following the law in right. Deuteronomy, in yeah. this stoning, they've got witnesses provided. And so that just speaks, I think, to what you were saying, that 
they think that they're being faithful. Right. I mean, they're being faithful because they are, you know, understanding Stephen to be a blasphemer. Right. Uh, he's, he's blaspheming against God, and the punishment for that is stoning. They think they're carrying out God's will. Like, right. let's, let's, I don't want to discount that either because the angry mob uncontrollably just enraged mm -hmm. and killing him is a totally different image than this man has done something to violate God, we have to get rid of him image, right. and thus God's law says kill him. Right. So we're carrying out God's will. You know, the, Not, the, those are two different images. Well, I mean, in the, the, the tension there and the uncomfortable part about that latter way of viewing it is that gets a little bit closer to home. I don't tend to, un, to identify with uncontrolled mobs right. stoning people. <laughs> you know, but the idea of me thinking that I am doing the religious, the faithful yeah. thing, when in reality I'm going against the will of God, that seems very plausible that uh, you know I've, I found myself in that position. Right. We haven't engaged in any stonings lately. No stonings know lately, no. In no. recent times, however, yeah. what other sorts of passive pain or yeah. active pain have we caused people, not just as as pastors, but yeah. I just mean as disciples in general and, and people that think the church should be one thing. Right. Yeah. Have I have I tried to be faithful in my judgment of yeah. whether it's things or, or people um, in trying to defend the faith, right. as it were. But in reality, I'm, you know, just judging and condemning and harming right. um, and potentially working against a new thing yeah. that, that God is trying to do. And that's the, I mean, that's really the important question then for the church as we take this text into our own days mm -hmm. as a church, yeah, as an institution, because mm -hmm. that's what's at stake here, yeah. is a transforming institution, mm -hmm. really. What, what are we called to do? Yeah. How are we called to be? What's the new thing that we're, we're called to, uh, to claim? Mm -hmm. and, and what's the old thing that we're leaving behind? Mm -hmm. And how is that valuable? Yeah, I mean, Stephen's not actually upset at them for um, Solomon built a house, yet the Most High doesn't dwell in houses with human hands, as the prophet said. He's, he's not upset at them for building the temple. Mm -hmm. He's upset at them for thinking that God just lives there. Yeah, that that was the end, that God's done. Right, yeah. right. Temple's fine, but if you think God stays there, Right, I mean, it was problem. God's command to yeah. ultimately build the, the temple. So what does this say about God, then, that, you know, through this, this narrative, God, everything that's recounted in this history is, is God's doing. It's God's right. story. The, the practice in the temple was, you know, God, you know, gave that practice and the instructions yeah. of how to build the temple. All of that was, was God's will. As, as right it were. for that time. and and yeah for, for that time and so I mean and maybe is that might be the point you know but here God is doing something different so yeah. what does that tell us about God yeah always moving always moving always yeah. dynamic always acting interacting yeah I, I've used the word transforming I don't want to use that word tritely though yeah to just say things should change for change's mm -hmm. sake right right I mean and I know that's kind of my that would be more my personality bent, is, is newness all the time. Yeah, sure. so tradition's good. Right. I think it's just asking us to be discerning, mm -hmm. to pay attention. Because all of this is ultimately 
driven by by God. Yeah. You know, Spirit. it's not change for change sake. It's you know allowing God to be this dynamic force yeah. in the world. You know, changing things. You know, moving things forward, bringing about the kingdom of, of heaven, and we're ultimately you know followers of that. I mean, I think it's notable when we look at, at Stephen that. You know, we're told, inspired by, by the Spirit, right. you know, this isn't, you know, just Stephen going off and saying, no, we're doing something different, you've got it wrong, we need to change things up. No, I mean, Stephen, presumably, we, we're told throughout the book of Acts that they spend all of this time in, in prayer, and um, they've been filled by the Holy Spirit, and baptism, I mean, and so ultimately it's the Spirit that is, right. is leading the way here. It's not just Stephen's whims or the whims of the church. Right, right. And, and what I love about this whole thing is that my tendency, or, or the temptation, tendency, whatever, would be to, to, to hear that. Okay, God's working and changing. Better be careful that we don't get stuck in whatever, sure. right? It would be to start thinking of the new thing and try to control that too. Yeah. Yet that's not how the story the arc of the story plays out. The Spirit's constantly then revealing new things to people when it needs to be revealed. Uh -huh. And their job is more, rather than try to be the creative force, to be the listening force yeah. that steps into that dynamic spiritual relationship. Right. Dietary laws change, how the Holy Spirit comes. I mean, we're going to see all of this yeah. later, so it's an exciting story, but I think right. it's, a, it's a comfort to me that, that my job is not then to try to be the creative force, right? but to let let the spirit move and pay attention. Yeah. And, and to try to just do more listening and paying attention than mm -hmm. anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. as far as finding the answer. Right. Right. And right. that is a very different way than, than going forward because there's always this pressure to do something. Right. Coming in all sorts of different directions. I mean, I, I feel that internally, you know, you know, we, we get that pressure externally, you know, because that's the society that we live in this pressure to constantly be you know, right. producing something something new COVID-19 so, what's the plan yeah what's the plan I don't know it changes yeah. every day gosh yeah it, it we're trying you know we're at school church everything's like that right I mean and so I, resisting that that impulse and that pressure and rather I mean it's a waiting in a lot of the cases Sometimes, waiting as an yeah. inactive waiting that's listening like you were talking yeah. about but trying to you know attend to what is God doing at this space and then allowing to right. to lead us and uh, you know I think that's the the only way that we sort of resist maybe the impulse of changing things for changing sake or to doing listen, the new thing to listen more yeah, yeah the, sure. doing the new thing that I want to do right. you know like because I got all sorts of new things that I would love to right. be doing that doesn't mean that they're the right things or what we should be doing right well and, and that's a cool that's a good transition into what happens next because Saul has this great idea that he can purge this movement mm -hmm. and, and then he ends up well, becoming the leader of it. Yeah, yeah. God had a bigger plan for him. So, mm -hmm. anyway. So, yeah. So, with that, uh, should we wrap up? And, sure. A uh, little bit of a teaser for, for what's to come. For chapter 8. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you sort of get the, the character of Saul that's introduced at the very end in a not a very good light right. uh, at this point. Um, but um, I think that's that's part of the, the point of his introduction. Yeah. We know that he's going to come on and be this very significant character through the rest of the, the book of Acts. And so um, that's where we're, we're headed. Well, thanks for journeying with us. Um, pay attention to chapter 8 for next week. Um, there's some uh, wonderful pieces in there. Pray us out, my friend. Will do.
Gracious God, uh, we thank you for the stories that have led us to this place. Um, the history that has made us who we are, the ways that you have led us up into this point. And we pray as we look forward that uh, we would be good listeners, um, attending to where you are leading us into the future, um, valuing that which has come thus far and open to that which you have planned for us moving forward. We thank you for the wisdom of the, the book of Acts here that has been passed down to us and the guidance that it can offer us for that future. Pray that you would bless everyone that uh, has, has tuned in and joined us for this, this study is um, there on their own journeys and that you have blessed and been with them, but also calling them into a, a new future. So help all of us to be open to where you are leading us, fill us with faith and confidence that you are going ahead of us and that you are always with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us and we hope that you'll be with us again next week.